his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Would you join me as we pray together? Father, thank you for this beautiful day that you have blessed us with. And Father, may we honor you today with our music and with our spoken word and everything that we think, say, and do during this service. May it bring honor and glory to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're so glad you've joined us today for worship. Thank you for being here. If you're a guest, we especially welcome you, and we'll invite you, as I do every week, to go by the Welcome Center afterwards and pick up a gift that we have for you on the end of the Welcome Center. Somebody should be there to greet you, but if they're not, just take that gift and uh, as a token of our appreciation for you worshiping with us today and being here with us. But we're glad all of you are here, especially those uh, who are in the sanctuary and those who have joined us by live stream. We welcome you as well, and we pray that all of you feel God's presence today as we worship him. I want to remind you of one thing. We have a church-wide peanut butter drive for a mission uh, that Janice Williams is kind of heading up, and I want to remind you of that. We're still collecting jars of peanut butter. You can bring them and put them out by the Welcome Center or uh, bring them by the church office. But uh, Janice, are you back here somewhere, Janice? I was going to see how many we had. She's hoping to have a thousand jars of peanut butter. So if you can bring that peanut butter, we'd love to love for you to be able to participate in that mission. If it's Waves of Mercy, right? Waves of Mercy mission, and, and for Haiti, Waves of Mercy, Mercy for Haiti. So if you could bring that, we would appreciate it. But again, I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for being here and worshiping with us. I want to take a minute and greet those around you in the name of the Lord. Then we're going to sing, Jesus saves, Jesus saves.
now you continue in worship with us as our worship team leads us. Every knee will bow. 
may be seated as Steve Dawson comes to lead us in worship.
Thank you, Steve. What a powerful message and song. And praise God, they could not defeat Jesus Christ because the tomb is empty. So I'm so grateful that we can have that hope in our lives today that the tomb is empty and sin and death has been defeated through the power of Jesus Christ. That's the message, really. We, I don't even have to preach today. Or would you all be okay with that? That's dangerous to ask that, isn't it? I'm so grateful that you're here, and every week there's an opportunity for us to, to pray together. There's power in prayer. Some of you have been praying about something for a long time, and, and maybe you've not gotten a clear answer, and maybe right now God's saying, wait, just wait. Or maybe this is a sign to you that this door has been closed, and he's opening another door. But know that God is faithful and that his timing is perfect. And whether you're in this place, you're invited to come to this altar, or you can pray from your seat. If you're watching at home or on vacation, wherever you may be, you can make an altar wherever you are and pray to the Lord. But I'm going to invite you at this time, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, to come join me. As we lift up our prayers together, would you come pray with me today? May we pray together. God, thank you for your presence in this place thank you that through the cross and through the empty tomb sin and death were defeated thank you father for your promise to always be with us that we are never alone and even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death we do not have to fear evil for your rod and your staff they comfort us and Father, I pray for folks that have gathered at this altar and people praying from their seats, some praying, watching maybe hundreds of miles away, wherever people are today, God, may they feel your presence and know that they are not alone. Father, we pray for families who are grieving today. We have lost so many of our family members within this church and extended family. God, we continue to lift up the Shoemaker family and the loss of Rachel and Father be with the Olivers and the Hardesties and those families and their great loss. Father, I pray for Alice Moore and the loss of her son, J.D., and that you would bless the Moore family and comfort them, God, as they grieve. Father, we have folks that are hanging on on this side, waiting to transition to their eternal home, comfort and strengthen those families. We have people that are going through treatments of one form or another. Would you bring healing, if it be your will, that you would be glorified in and through it, that people might come to Jesus as a result of your divine power Father, we pray for people recovering from surgeries, that you would continue to heal them. 
Father, I pray for one of our young people, Garrett Bourne, who's in the hospital this morning. And we pray, God, for healing, that you would bless the Bourne family, that you would give doctors and medical professionals understanding of what's going on and how they can help him. Heal him, we pray, in the strong name of Jesus in every way. Father, we pray for some folks here going through addiction issues or depression or loneliness or anxiety or worry or fear. God, there's some people here or watching that have never placed their faith and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. May today be the day of salvation for many, that they would acknowledge their sin and ask you for forgiveness and they would invite you to come into their heart to be their Lord and Savior. And, oh, God, we know that you will save for all who call upon your name. We pray for many to be saved today. And, Father, I ask now that your Holy Spirit would just continue to move and, Father, continue to bless and protect this country from evil and harm and that you would bring great spiritual awakening and revival that would sweep across this land and may it begin in each of our hearts even now so father continue to move through the music and through your word and through your messenger and we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we trust you to bring in the strong name of jesus we pray amen Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to 1 Peter? 1 Peter chapter 3, and as you're doing that, I'm grateful that our choir and instrumentalists are here to lead us, and we hear you prayerfully after the reading of God's Word. And I want to thank you for being here today. It was a rainy weekend, the sun's shining today, and you could have been anywhere else. Thank you for making a special effort to be in God's house this morning. I pray he would bless you as a result of your faithfulness. Verses 8 and 9 of 1 Peter chapter 3. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
thank you all for that powerful message and song. And thank you again for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I read a cute story about a little boy that every time he went to his friend's house to play, he noticed that his friend's grandmother was engrossed in her Bible. She was reading the Bible intently, and every time he would go, he would see this. And finally, out of curiosity, the little boy asked his friend, he said, how come every time I come over here, your grandmother is reading her Bible? And his little friend said, I don't know. I guess she's cramming for her finals. <laughs> A lot of truth in that. If you were here last week or, or maybe you were watched, or, and even if you were not here, we talked about the last few years, how challenging they've been for all of us, not only with the worldwide pandemic, but with all of your other uh, family issues and health issues and, and struggles that maybe you and your families have gone through these last couple of years. We also talked about all the many different beliefs and views and all the many different opinions and how challenging it is when we are in Christ to try to please the watching world and people maybe that are outside these walls or even inside the walls, how hard it is to please everyone. We talked about that above all, our primary goal should be to please God and not worry about pleasing everyone else. And I hope today that it's your priority to want to bring glory and honor to him and to, to please him above all. But in our scripture passage today, we see Peter who is writing the church that had been scattered because of their faith in Jesus Christ. This letter we read out of 1 Peter has been called a letter of persecution. It's been called a letter of suffering. It's been called a letter of separation. It's been called a letter of glory. It's been called a letter of hope. It's been called a letter of encouragement or courage. But the fact is, Peter was trying to, to keep these early believers on the path of living for Jesus, even in a difficult time or circumstance in which they were living. I feel like that's a message straight for us today, that we're living in a day and time where we are being challenged or maybe even persecuted or, or maybe again being canceled with the cancel culture for believing strongly in our faith in Jesus Christ. And some of you may be ready to throw in the towel or drop out out of the race and say, I, you know, I, I just don't think I can, I can do this. I, I really don't believe I can. Well, don't listen to the devil's lies. You can if you do not give up, if you don't throw in the towel, you keep on keeping on. We will keep on keeping on living for Jesus because if God is for us, who can be against us? And the battle belongs to the Lord. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, our Lord. But maybe because of some of the pain you've been enduring, some of the suffering, some of the maybe even persecution or, or some of the way the world has been treating you, 
What's our response as Christians? I mean, we all are born with a sinful nature. And as I shared last week, sometimes we have on the tip of our, boy, I would, I would really like to tell them, but that would not be glorifying to God. So what is our response as Christians? How are we to respond when we are persecuted, when difficulty comes, when we're hurting? And you've heard that saying many times, hurt people hurt people. Many times when people have been injured, they're suffering, they're hurt, many times they lash out and try to hurt others. And really it just escalates and makes things even worse. Well, today in our scripture passage, Peter gives us, I believe, some, some very basic instructions of how to live a good Christian life. These are characteristics or qualities. And the verses preceding the verses that we read today, if you would read, Peter was given instruction on how to be a good citizen and how to be a good employee, and how to be a good wife, and how to be a good husband. And now he's telling us how we can be a good Christian, giving some marks or qualities or characteristics of being a good Christian. In verse 8 of First Peter chapter 3, the very first thing he says, finally, all of you, not just some of you, part of you, the ones who feel like it. Finally, all of you be like-minded. Be like-minded. Well, if you would look up the Greek word for like-minded translates to live in harmony or unity or together. And so our response should be when we are under attack, when we are hurting, when we are persecuted, that we are to live in harmony. You've probably heard me share before that pastor author Rick Warren wrote many years ago that unity in the church is so important that the New Testament gives more attention to unity than it does either heaven or hell. In the New Testament. Unity is that important. He went on to say that unity is the soul of fellowship. He said, destroy it and you rip the heart out of Christ's body. So it's so important as Christians that we get along. Paul said it very similarly in Romans 12, 16. Live in harmony with one another. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, he said, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You've heard people say, can't we just get along? I mean, how many of us, if we're in a room by ourselves, can't get along with ourselves even? Let alone when you throw people in the mix. But we are called to have unity. Remember after the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, that the Lord continued to bless and grow the New Testament church? In Acts 2, verse 44, it said, All the believers were together 
and had everything in common. That's being like-minded. What they had in common was their love for Jesus Christ. And as a result, if you would read on in verse 47, it said they met together praising God and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You better believe that God blesses unity and harmony, but it hurts his heart when we can't get along with one another. And I pray that's a message not just for us in the church, but what about in your homes? What about at your workplace? What about with your neighbors? We as Christians should be setting an example of what it means to get along with one another and that we can worship together and that we can do life together without all this yah-yahing and this and that. And, and when we're together, it's such a, a beautiful thing when we can come together. I maybe shared with you years ago, one of my professors over at Georgetown College, he was also the uh, chairman of the communication department, which was my major, and he was my academic advisor. He was also one of the vice presidents and over our convocation services. Anyway, he was intimidating to a lot of people, but he was very kind to me, and he had grown sons that lived in other states, and so I felt like he and his wife just kind of adopted me as a son away from home, and, and so he would, during the middle of his lecture, crack little jokes, you know, that no one else knew about, and I'd be laughing, and people would be looking at me like, what's wrong with this guy? And then he invited me to go to Louisville, to the Louisville Opera House, to see the Japanese Philharmonic Orchestra. And I tell you, I, I was so privileged and humbled and honored, and we went, and you know, I'd not been to anything like this before, and I was a young college student, and, and, and they were warming up beforehand. I didn't know, man, you heard all kinds of crazy, you know, they were playing, I was like, man, boy, they're sounding good, you know. And then the master conductor came out, and when they began to play, it was some of the most beautiful music I'd ever heard in my life. When they were all warming up, doing their own thing, it was chaos. But when the conductor came and they all began to play together under the master conductor, it was beautiful. It was beautiful music. That's exactly when we as followers of Christ and people who are longing to have a relationship with Christ, when we follow our master conductor, he can bring some beautiful music in our lives. Instead of going off playing our own solo, we play together, and it's a beautiful thing. I also want to give an example. Just a few weeks ago, I enjoyed watching with my son the NBA playoffs and then the NBA finals. And I know, Daniel, this is a sore spot for Celtics fans, but anyway, but we were big Warriors fans, and if you ever watched the Golden State Warriors play basketball, many times it was a work of art when they would move the ball and get Steph Curry open for a three-point. It was great. They played together. They were the worst team in the NBA last year, I believe, or one of the worst teams. And then many of the, the commentators before the season said, oh, they're going to be terrible. It's going to take them time to rebound. 
And there was only one commentator that said they were going to win it all. And guess what? They won it all, coming from the very bottom and to the top. And just the season, you know why? They played together. They worked it together. There was unity on the team. And when there's unity, there are championships. And God blesses our lives when we can learn to live in harmony with one another. But then the second thing he said is to be sympathetic, to be sympathetic. Well, sympathetic is, is what we would say is thinking of others, not just yourself. And out of Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 8, that's exactly what uh, Paul says. Let us not just uh, think of ourselves but in our own interests, but let us think of the interests of others. And that's what we're called to do. In Romans 12, uh, verse 15, it says to rejoice with those who rejoice, to mourn with those who mourn, or to weep with those who weep. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, referring to the body of Christ, it says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So part of our responsibility as Christians in a world that many times is not very Christ-like is that we are sympathetic for what people are going through. You may not have a clue what the person sitting next to you is going through. I've told you before, you might be in Kroger, or you might be at Walmart, or you might be out somewhere and say, well, I saw such and such from church, and they barely grunted. They barely spoke. I saw them dodging me in the bean aisle. <laughs> well, the fact is, they might be going through something that you have no clue, and you're thinking, well, it's all about me. It's all about me. Well, many times it's not about you or me. They are Try to be sympathetic and understanding of what someone else is going through. Did you know we've lost so many of our church family members in a brief time? We've had six losses in the last four weeks. I mean, that's a lot any time, but just in a short period of time. Understand, we've got a lot of hurting people around us, and we must show sympathy. One of the funerals I had this past week had a funeral on Thursday, one on Friday. On Friday, it was for J.D. Moore, a 57-year-old who passed from cancer. Alice Moore, one of our sweet members, it's her son. He also was a member of this church, and the family had shared some memories with me. And one of the things about J.D., it said he loved being with people, especially going to reunions. So whether it was high school, whether it was college, whether it was a family reunion, he loved being with people. And then the family also shared this about him. He said, and if it was a family member or a friend, it said that would pass, he made every effort possible to show up at their funeral because he said showing up at someone's funeral is the ultimate level of respect that he tried to go to support and show that's the ultimate level of respect to show up for those loved ones. You may not know what to say or what to do, but just showing up, being present, 
can minister to somebody and let them know other people care about what I'm going through. And so we are called to be uh, like-minded or to live in harmony. We are to be sympathetic. But then he says next that we are to love one another. Love one another. What did Jesus tell his disciples in that upper room before he went to die on the cross in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35? He said, a new command I give you. You must love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Do people know that you're a disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ by how you love? Or would they be shocked to find out that you're a follower of Christ by your actions or by your words or the way you treat people? We are to love. Why do we love? 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love because he first loved us. And then if you would read on down in verse 21 of 1 John chapter 4, he said, and this is the command that he has given us. Whoever loves God must love his brother and sister. Jesus said it this way in that great sermon on the mount in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44. He said, you've heard it said to love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, to love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. That's our response as Christians. And if you would read on down in verse 9, we are not to repay evil with evil or insult with insult. As a matter of fact, we are to bless those who do evil to us. And in return, we inherit a blessing. Now, how hard is it for you and me to pray for those who persecute us. It's not easy. But being a Christian in today's world is not easy. But we have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us and he gives us the strength to do those things that would be impossible to do on our own strength. So we pray for those people. We love our enemies. Pray for those who persecute us. And as a result, you're going to be a blessing and you'll receive a blessing. So I challenge you to, to love on it. This is a loving church. I say it every week. We're not a perfect church, but we serve a perfect God. I want people when they walk through these doors to feel the warmth of his spirit and the love in the air. You know, for years and years, at the end of a service on a Sunday evening, we just did it this past Wednesday night, we would sing Amazing Grace. And we would talk about the amazing grace and love of God. And after we would sing, do you all remember what I would say? After we would sing, I'd say, hug somebody before you go. And there'd be a lot... Not that I even had to say that because people were doing it anyway. People be hugging each other, sharing the love of God. I have to tell you, I was so moved last Sunday, if you were here or you watched, as I was preaching, 
one of our members, Jim Scott, came up here and hugged me during my sermon. I can't get my wife to hug me at home. <laughs> he hugged me right, that's a joke. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop before I get myself in more hot water. It touched my heart, Jim, when he came up and hugged me. And we were able to share our love one for the other. And that's what we as Christians are to do. That's what separates us from the rest of the world. We love those people, even those that we do not see eye to eye, even those who believe differently than us, even those maybe that have hurt us. We love with the love God has shown us. But not only are we to love one another, to finish this out, he said to be compassionate and humble. To be compassionate and humble. Bible commentator William Barclay said, without compassion, there can be no Christianity. Without compassion, there can be no Christianity. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, we think about what Jesus did in Acts, again, excuse me, Philippians 2. And I said 8 while ago, but I believe it's in verses 8 and 9 where it said, And he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. And then God exalted him to the highest place. And we just sang about giving him the name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess in heaven on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Glory be to God the Father. That we are to show compassion. Paul said in, in Ephesians 4 verse 32, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. Did you hear that? Be kind and compassionate. And you know what? Some translations of compassion is pity. To show pity. God showed pity on us when we deserved punishment by sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. He showed the greatest act of compassion this world has ever known when he sent Jesus to die on the cross. And so we are to be kind and compassionate. Forgiving one another, how hard is that? When they, they haven't even asked for forgiveness, we are to forgive. Forgiving one another just as in Christ, God forgave you. And it takes humility sometimes to admit when we're wrong, doesn't it? It takes humility. And I, I think about in James chapter 4, verse 10, when James wrote, humble yourself, in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. But we must humble ourselves and, and be kind and compassionate. And I know sometimes you just want to throw in the towel and say, this Christian business, man, it's tough. I'd rather just, and Rome do as the Romans do. I just, I'd rather drop out. But you keep on keeping on. Don't give up. You keep on living for the Lord, and you will inherit a blessing. Now, I want to close by sharing a story many of y'all have heard me share through the years, and forgive me 
for repeating it, but for those of you all who are uh, first time or watching but never watched before, maybe you've not heard me share that when I was 18, right after I graduated high school before going to college, I had the humble privilege of working at the Stewart Home School out on the old Lawrenceburg Road, a, a home, uh, a beautiful, really, campus for special needs folks. And uh, I was humbled and honored as an 18-year-old. I, I, I want to tell you, when I went for an interview and for a tour of campus, uh, I was a little nervous. But folks, students there were coming up to me of all ages, of all ages. They were so loving. They were hugging me, and I had three people to kiss me. I, I'd never been, and I was a little nervous. So they were so affectionate and loving and kind. Somebody tried to hold my hand, and, and they were so loving. And I was like, do I really want to do this or not? It was a little overwhelming for an 18-year-old. But I want to tell you something. That was one of the best summers, one of the best summer jobs I've ever had in my life. And those students taught me, I'm sure, much more than I ever taught them. They were so, they taught me kindness and love regardless of your skin color, regardless of your handicap or your need. They, they, all, they saw no age. They, saw, they just loved one another. And they loved me and taught me so much. And I've told you, and... Uh, if Terry Johnson were here today, Susan, he'd say, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard you tell this story, he would be a wealthy man. But there was one, and for many of y'all, you'll know exactly when I tell this story, there was one student I've never forgotten. I've shared it in sermons and talks to FCAs and to high school groups. And there was one student there that would come up to me, and they called me, I told you, at 18, Mr. Todd. I was Mr. Todd. They respected Mr. Todd. Maybe I need to have my children at home call me Mr. Todd, but anyway, <laughs> that's another story too. But this guy came up to me and goes, Mr. Todd, three principles of life I live by. Number one, be kind to all men, women, and children. Number two, never give up. Rocky never gave up. Number three, be kind to all men, women, and children. <laughs> Someone had taught him to be kind to everyone. <laughs> and regardless of your circumstance, your, your needs, your shortcomings, to never give up, talking about the fictitious Rocky Balboa, Rocky never gave up. And then to reiterate the first point, be kind to all men, women, and children. What a better world this would be if we could just do that. If we could just treat people with love and respect, and when the going gets tough, we don't give up. We keep on keeping on. That's what Paul said in Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. May we not give up living for the one who is willing to die for you and me as we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment 
If there are people in this room or watching that have never received Jesus Christ into their heart as their Lord and Savior, may today be the day of salvation that someone would come and say, I need Jesus. I want to repent of my sin, turn away from my sin, and start living for Jesus who is willing to take a stand and die for me. Father, give them that holy boldness that they wouldn't worry about what anyone else thinks, but most of all, they would want to please you and glorify you. Father, maybe there's a Christian that's become bitter, and Father, they've been hurt. Maybe, Father, they felt like throwing in the towel. Oh, God, renew their spirit. Create in them a clean heart, oh, God, and and maybe today they'll renew their vow of commitment to Jesus. And, and maybe they're saying, I haven't really been, been a very good representative for the kingdom of God by how I've been living and what I've been saying and what I've been doing, but that's going to change right now. Give them the strength, God, and power to make that change. Oh, Lord, maybe there are folks that have been looking for a church home. This is a wonderful, loving spirit-filled church, and we're all fellow strugglers. None of us have arrived. None of us are finished products. We're Christians under construction. May you continue to tear out, God, what's not pleasing and glorifying to you and build up in us a Christ-like heart and spirit. And Lord, maybe some folks want to unite with this church family as we strive to love you and love others and fulfill the great commission. Oh God, however your Holy Spirit leads, may we be willing to step out on faith and follow and we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna invite you right now, if you're in this place, to stand. We're gonna sing a hymn of commitment. If you're watching at home, Contact us if you would like to speak with one of us about a decision that you're making today, but it would be our privilege to pray with you. Won't you come as we sing together this hymn of faith?
seated just for a moment. I am so excited to introduce to you this beautiful young lady that comes making her public profession of faith in Christ. I'm going to ask Malin Sanderson, her dad, Jason, you come up here with her. It was my joy this past Wednesday afternoon to meet with Malin, her dad, Jason, and we talked about what it means to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus, and she was able to tell me what sin uh, is and why Jesus came to don the cross and, and that she and her family had already prayed asking Jesus to come into her heart. And today she's making it public. And uh, in the near future, she's going to be baptized. Malin, we are so proud of you. This is the most awesome, greatest decision that any of us could ever make because this is the only decision that lasts forever. Every other decision is temporary. This is forever. So I know the angels are rejoicing in heaven over your decision, and the Lord is just loving every second of it. And I know you want to pledge your love and prayers and support to Malin by letting it be known by saying amen. Amen and applause. Happy for you, sweetie. And after the service, I'm going to invite Malin and your family to join us out in the foyer so you can go by and give her a warm welcome into this family of faith. But I'll let you be seated right now. I want to remind you all of a couple of things. Uh, first of all, in this beautiful uh, afternoon, God has blessed us with our Forks 412 group is going to be meeting at our house at 6 o'clock tonight. There's going to be food and fun and fellowship as we talk about the future. Did I get all the four F's, Kelly, correct? She was quizzing me before the service. I said, honey, I'm trying to think of my sermon. But remember the four F's, food, fun, fellowship, and future. This is for 18 to 29-year-olds. We invite you to come. You don't have to bring a thing but yourself and an appetite, and it'll be a great time as we uh, grow in the Lord together. Then I hope you'll come back uh, Wednesday as we have a meal downstairs at 5, as well as prayer meeting up here at 6. We'd invite, we had a powerful uh, prayer and healing service this past week. I hope you'll join us for a great time in the Lord this Wednesday. But thank you all so much for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. We're so excited, Malin, about your decision. One more thing, July 31st, we're having Believer's Baptism here and at Elkhorn Creek at uh, Happy Jack Farm. If you are awaiting baptism, contact the church office and we can set it up for Sunday morning here or Sunday evening over at Happy Jack Farm at Elkhorn Creek. And so we're looking forward to a great day of baptism. So I'm going to invite you right now to stand. We're going to close out. I'm grateful today to see some of Kelly's family here from Michigan. They came in for uh, Kelly and Phyllis's mom and Christopher's 90th birthday was yesterday. And it's great to have uh, part of the family here, guys. We're so thankful you all were here to worship with us today. And Bill, if you will lead us in a song and then we'll close out with the prayer.
May we pray to God be the glory for the great things you have done and for the great things that are still ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You doing okay? No. You're not?